Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekrutman. And my name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. Where I am sick, David, with the flu. Can you please just go a little further away from me? Because I do not want to catch what you have, Scott. I think you're far enough away right now, David. Looking at you, it seems that there's enough distance between us. But I will make sure, to the best of my ability, you don't catch this not-so-bad-but-still-irritating flu that I have. You know something? I am so dedicated to you and our listeners, I decided to come in today anyway, despite having a sore throat and a stuffy nose. So not only do you have a face for radio, now you have a voice for TV. <laughs> you know, David, I appreciate that. That was really nicely said. I'm, I'm going to give that one to you. Let's get into our I, topic I today, care for David. You. Let's talk about the 13 attributes of mercy. Correct. Something I did not demonstrate to you at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> Excellent transition, Scott. I could use some mercy right now. Scott, we're dealing with 13 attributes of mercy. The 13 attributes of mercy that Moses was taught by God after the sin of the golden calf, when God was displaying his great forbearance and forgiveness of the people of Israel. And we talked about God enwrapping himself in a prayer shawl. And this is the idea that we're supposed to bring into our own congregations when reciting these words. David, there's an interesting question. You and I are both using this term, the 13 attributes of mercy, as if 13 is this obvious number. Jewish tradition accepts absolutely that it's 13. However, what exactly those 13 are is a matter of some dispute. I'm from the uh, opinion that the 13 attributes of mercy begin with L, with God. Not the four-letter name of God, but the two-letter name of God. That's interesting because the 13 attributes begin first with the Lord, the Lord, or the four-letter name of God repeated twice. Then it has the next name, as you just said, El, which is spelled Aleph Lamed, and is often translated as God. So you want to argue that that's the first of the 13. Correct. If I have a feeling of my co-host right now, ladies and gentlemen, he probably is of the opinion that the first two names of God actually are part of the 13 attributes of mercy. I would say that my opinion is definitely along those lines. I'm actually quoting an ancient Jewish source by so saying, the Talmud itself, which suggests that the Tetragrammaton, the four-letter name of God, is here, refers both to God before the sin, and the second one refers to God after the sin. What does that mean? According to this particular tradition, it means that God should be understood as the same God before and after a sin. Whoa, 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 Scott. I know this is for, simple for you and you grew up with this tradition, but many of our listeners are hearing this for the very first time. So the four-letter name of God is repeated twice, and you're saying that the first name refers to before they sin, and the second time it's repeated, it's... God in relation to the person after he sinned. Is that what I'm well, hearing? Well, the first one refers to God's relationship with people before the sin. God's relationship with people after the sin is the second name. What does that mean? God does not change. Our sins don't affect God in any way. It's important to understand that God asks us not to sin, but it's not as though by so doing we can literally damage God. It also has another important meaning, though, David, which is that apart from the theological point that we don't affect God directly with our sins, it also means that God's mercy is not thereby affected. If I injure a friend of mine and I ask for forgiveness, 
my relationship with him after the forgiveness is still colored by that initial sin. We might make up, but that's always there lurking in the background. By having the name of God mentioned twice, saying God is exactly the same before and after the sin, God is informing us that after the sin, if we repent, our relationship with him is not damaged at all. He allows us to repent and be fully in God's corner, even after the fact, just as much or even more than we were originally. Scott, I want to process what you just said right now. There's the four-letter name of God prior to a person sinning, and then we have the four-letter name of God after the person is sinning, and nothing changes God. Right. Our sins don't change God. His mercy doesn't change before or after. God is God. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, and then we have the third third attribute, which is El, which is normally translated as God. So it's kind of funny to have your first three attributes be God, God, God. Certainly unusual. Certainly unusual. And then your fourth attribute would be Rachum, which is merciful. Then the fifth one would be Chanun, which is gracious. Erch Apayim, which is slow to anger. Vrav Chesed. Abundant kindness. Viemet is the eighth one, which is truth. Then we have the ninth one, which is Notzer Chesed La'alafim. Keeping kindness unto the thousands. The tenth one would be Nosavon, Forgiving iniquity. Vepesha, which is transgression. Vechata'ah, and sin. Vinakeh, and pardoning. Is that correct? That's your 13? That's 13 right there. Yes, exactly. That is the way that I'm suggesting the 13 attributes should be divided. And once again, it's not my opinion. This is an ancient teaching, which I'm simply citing. No, 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 Scott, I'm not letting you off the hook. Is there a particular reason why you have an affinity for this Jewish tradition? Because I said to you from the beginning that I don't count the first two names of the four-letter name of God as part of the 13 attributes. But you decided to take on this traditional teaching. Is there any reason why you have an infinity for this particular list of 13 attributes? So I'll give you two answers. The first answer is tradition means a lot to me. The fact that our sages teach this itself is a source of authority. I don't pretend by any stretch of the imagination that I can compete in Jewish knowledge with our great sages. So I'm willing to rely upon them. But if you want my personal feeling about why I feel this makes a lot of sense, the repetition of the name, the Lord, the Lord, the Tetragrammaton itself is very unusual. You correctly said that having God's name mentioned three times at the beginning of the verse is strange, but it's also simply a question, why would God's proper name, the Tetragrammaton, be mentioned twice? If that's the case, I would think that it's not merely an introduction, but more likely, textually, the beginning of the list of attributes. That's simply how I see it, although I know there are other traditions as well. So I'm going to call you a fiddle on the roof because you like tradition so much. I do. All right, Scott, I want you to feel better for our next podcast. My name is David Necrutman. What about yours? Wait a minute. Don't get off so fast. How about your explanation? I guess we'll save that for next time, huh? That's next time. We're, we're, oh, our boy. time okay. is up. You took up the entire podcast, Scott. i got to spend the weekend Scott. with my flu without an answer, huh? Exactly. Like I usually do things. You know something? Today you are certainly not showing any mercy. I'll say that. Say your name again and then we'll close it out. My name is David Necrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. And blessings from Jerusalem.